Alright guys, welcome to the Early Church Podcast. This is something that I want to try because I'm interested to see who wants to hear what I have to say. And so we're going to do a recording of the Early Church series I've got going on right now and get your feedback on it. So without further ado, here comes the episode of the day. So I grew up uh, going to church at Spring Meadows Church of Christ, and uh, I guess that was after I went to Concord Road for a few years when I was little, little, but I really enjoyed it. And while I was at Spring Meadows, we had a group of guys, it was uh, three Jacobs, it was me, Jacob Netterville, we had Jacob Campbell, and Jacob Terry. And we had this kind of iconic trio, and I really enjoyed being able to see these guys, uh, just kind of inside town a little bit, sometimes outside of the town, just whenever I can see them. I really love being able to talk with them, even if it's just for a few seconds. Um, but I can remember, uh, had quite a few stories with Jacob Campbell. One of them, remember we were going down to Alabama. It was my first mission trip. Uh, and for some reason, our interns, Jacob Campbell and Courtney Gaines, decided that we needed to do like a little challenge as a group to kind of make this bus ride go just a little bit quicker uh, because it was taking so long for the bus ride to be over with. And the challenge was between me and Jacob to switch shirts for 10 minutes. Now, usually this would be no big deal, but for those of you who don't know me very well, I do sweat an inhuman amount of sweat. And it's gross, okay? I don't like to talk about it, I don't like to brag about it, but I will for the sake of this recording right here. Um, but me and Jacob switched shirts, and you know, I was kind of wearing like a darker t-shirt, so you couldn't really tell that I was sweating so bad. But as soon as Jacob put that t-shirt on, he announced my gross sweat to the whole bus. It was very embarrassing for me, uh, but just as embarrassing as it was for me, it was an equally raw deal for him. And the reason why was because while he's wearing my sweaty t-shirt, I'm in his dry t-shirt, you know, my armpits don't stop sweating just because we swapped shirts and I'm wearing someone else's shirt. So now I'm sweating up his shirt. And in 10 minutes, he's going to have to put that shirt back on and kind of let it air dry for the rest of the bus ride, okay? Uh, so as embarrassing as it was for me, it was an equally raw deal uh, for him. And it was kind of a bonding experience uh, for the both of us. But it just goes to show you that, you know, if you've ever been part of a youth group or, you know, maybe even it works uh, the same way in a church or if you don't go to church and you're listening to this, maybe it's uh, in school with your homeroom classes or, or whatever it may be on your sports team, I don't know. But there's something about the people that make it up that do such a good job at making it unique. There's just something about the people that are in it. And so oddly enough, another iconic person and our youth group growing up was my sister, all right? And if you don't know my sister, uh, she had blonde hair. She has blonde hair. Uh, <clears throat> you also forgive me for my allergies. But she truly did live up to her blonde hair, okay? So if you don't know, it's totally possible to convince my sister of anything, especially if you can get a few people in on it, all right? And this is something that Jacob Campbell would help me out with at times, and yeah, even Jacob Terry. And there's a couple stories about how she got left at gas stations while our current youth minister would kind of drive around to the back when she was the last one into the convenience store. And while those were golden moments, one of my personal favorites was when she decided to show off her talents one afternoon, okay? We're all hanging out at the Gaines house, it's Cole and Courtney Gaines, and we somehow got on the topic of cartwheels, all right? And she just had to show off her talents of how she could do a cartwheel, and I just had to get it on video, you know, being her brother and everything. So before she could begin, she had to move the sofa table out of the way, 
even though we were in a huge bonus room. And she began to do her cartwheel, and when she planted that first foot down and started the kind of downward ascent, her knee buckled and she fell, and of course, uh, she toppled over to the floor. We all erupted in laughter. Uh, of course, we were laughing with her as she got back up, but she definitely regretted the fact that we had the cameras rolling. Uh, but it just makes me realize that I have formed so many friendships and made even more connections through my activity in the church. Uh, in fact, so many of my closest friends come from inside the church. You know, I'm, I'm great friends with a buddy of mine, Logan Paul, because I was encouraged by another friend of mine to go sit with him uh, since he was all alone at a youth event years and years ago. I'm great friends with uh, Garrett Moore, who I, I used to go to school with at Columbia State. Uh, I graduated, he didn't, that's another story for another time. Um, but this one time in an area wide we were at, he was eating just as much food as I was. We were about 10 years old, and I was impressed, okay? I was like, this guy's all right, you know, we, we can hang out, we can be friends. And uh, one of the reasons I'm friends with uh, uh, Seth Thomason is because, you know, we had very similar political beliefs, but I found out he also went to the Church of Christ, and we still hang out uh, whenever we can. But at times, I kind of stop and think about what it is that my life uh, would look like if I never stepped inside of a church. You know, if my parents didn't bring me up inside of a church, or if it's just something that I never found interesting, um, because probably at least 70% of the people I know, I know through the church. You know, it's crazy to imagine what life would be like if that never happened for me, and and with my personality, uh, I definitely know that I would probably be in some sort of trouble right now. Um, But it's crazy to imagine what life would be like for people who don't have that kind of thing in their life. And maybe it's you, I don't know if it is, or if it's not, um, but I know that if they knew what they were missing out on, don't you think that they'd want in? We're going to go ahead and uh, flip over in your Bibles if you want to follow along, if you want to highlight, take notes or anything. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2, and we're going to read a very short passage this morning or this afternoon, whatever time of day you're reading this, but I've got a passage that I want to read for us and we're going to talk for it, uh, talk about it for just a little bit and how it directly relates to everything that we've been talking about so far uh, throughout this podcast, okay? So Acts chapter 2 is verses 42 through 47. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of the bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So this passage is just after Peter stood up and told the people about Jesus, who they just crucified, and the very same people he was talking to converted, and this passage describes the lives of early Christians. And so there's a few things that I want to pull out of this passage and bring to your attention this morning. Number one, throughout this passage we can see that the early church was as generous as all get out, okay? So basically, if anyone had any needs, someone would sell what they had to provide for their family in Christ. So we could say that if Jacob Campbell, who I was talking about in the introduction, uh, needed some money to support a medical expense that was going to cost him maybe an arm and a leg, you know, literally, we would take all of our cards, we'd sell them on eBay, and we would try to help pay for that expense. 
Now, in the church today, we don't really work that way. We take up a weekly collection for the growth of the church in whatever way seems appropriate to the elders of the congregation, and generally that's reviewed by the members of the church once or maybe twice a year. But with time, things change. Okay, so I want you to imagine what it was like uh, in the early church. It was almost certain death to proclaim Christianity. And those that were bold enough to accept it in those times were often in hiding, and that thrill kind of gave them something in common, okay? And whenever you have that thrill to give you something in common, it makes you want to be just a little more generous toward each other. And for me, this is uh, kind of relatable because I can remember walking into Walmart and I see the Boy Scouts trying to sell popcorn, okay? And I've been there before. If you don't know me, I was in Scouts. I grew up, I actually got my Eagle. Uh, but I used to be the same little kid sitting over there trying to sell one or maybe two more boxes of popcorn. So I feel bad for him on that. And whenever I make that common connection, I'm able to allow myself to be a little more generous uh, whenever it comes time for that. Uh, so the first thing is the early church was very, very generous. Now, not only was the early church extremely generous, uh, but the people that were inside the church were also extremely grateful, okay? They did not let their pride get in the way of acceptance. Now, there's a rule that goes just about unspoken in almost every family that I know of. It's a rule in the family that I've grown up in. It's going to be a rule in the family I end up raising. And the rule is that you never, ever tell dad to ask for directions or read the instructions. Okay, there's something about putting a new part on a car or getting to where you're going strictly by intuition that is just so masculine. And I think it's something that almost everybody can relate to because we all have those scenarios, okay? Uh, for me, it's whenever we're in the store and I tell him, I say, Dad, just ask this nice gentleman uh, where we can find it, you know? And, and we're trying to keep our voices down because we don't want the guy to come over. But Dad refuses uh, and the nice gentleman comes over, you know, he's got the biggest smile on his face and he asks us that one-liner, you know? Gentlemen, is there anything I can help you find today? And uh, after searching for this thing for 20 minutes, you know, dad still says, now nah, we're good. And we keep looking, all right? It's just one of those things. Uh, and there's really nothing wrong with it in those kinds of situations. But some people do let their pride get in the way of accepting help from the church. And it doesn't matter if it's physical help, if it's monetary help, or maybe even spiritual support. Uh, I lead to believe that pride is the number one killer of acceptance from the church. So there's one more thing about the early church that I want to talk about today, and that is that the early church were growing together. I want you to read that last sentence of the passage with me one more time. It says, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now the early church is starting to sound like somewhere that we would want to be today. Because they were together all the time, they had all things in common, they were generous, willing to give up anything for anyone, they were accepting of each other's generosity, they praised God together, they found favor with all people, they didn't pick and fight and argue over whether they should do this or that, and on top of that, the people were added to the church every single day. Now I remember I thought it was impressive uh, when I was an early member at Spring Meadows because there was a period of time where new members were placing membership every single week. And the reason why is because we had a very, very welcoming church, and we did a lot of things together, okay? Our youth group was very connected. We did things every Sunday night and every Wednesday night. Our church family was also very connected. It seemed like at least once a month, we had a fellowship meal together on Sunday nights, and that was something that people wanted to be a part of. 
And when they went home and they were thinking about it and thinking about how much they enjoyed it and how much they really liked the people there, a few people from the church would show up at the doorstep with maybe a few uh, welcoming gifts and a friendly outreach-based conversation. Now take that picture that I just painted of Spring Meadows when I was younger and imagine that level of fellowship every single day. You know, you, you get off work and you no longer have to call home and ask what's for dinner because you know you're eating with your brothers and sisters in Christ every night. That was what the early church here in Acts looked like, okay? They had all things in common, and that was just something that people wanted to be a part of. So if you take nothing else away uh, from this podcast, I want you to listen closely to this right here. that It is imperative that we spend time with our brothers and sisters in Christ outside of these walls, if we're going to further the kingdom of God in our community. And so maybe there's a few potential questions that you could have, and I want to talk about maybe two or three of those for just a few minutes right now. And so the first question is, does this mean that I have to quit spending time with my other friends? And I really do believe that in the world we live in today, it would be quite impossible to cut off all your other friends. And, you know, by other friends, I'm talking about friends that you meet at work, friends you meet at school, maybe in the gym, or spending time Uh, doing things that you like doing, and unless they're just having a bad influence on you, which is something that you have to realize for yourself, I do not think you should quit spending time with other friends. You know, whenever I started working at Longhorn, a bunch of people, as they got to know me, they started asking me, you know, they were like, Jacob, do you smoke? Do you drink? Like, what do you do, man? And so I told them no, and they all slowly started to catch on that I preach. And I think it surprised most of them, because preaching and serving don't really seem like two jobs that really go hand in hand between the back of house crowd and serving drinks in the front of house. Uh, but they were intrigued. They were interested. You know, they were like, why is this uh, guy that preaches coming in and waiting tables? And they kept inviting me to go to Jonathan's with them after work. Uh, and I started going every now and then to grab some food off the late night menu to kind of hang out and talk about work and talk about life. And the reason why I would do that is because 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 22 through 23 reads this, that to the weak I become weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. So you see, whenever you connect with your friends over the things you have in common, you grow more opportunities to bring them into the kingdom of God. And now I've got uh, some more people that want to come listen to me on Sunday morning, and that's uh, part of the reason why I'm even doing this podcast, is because it helps me to be able to reach that greater audience. Uh, That's a little off topic, but now we're going to go ahead and move on to the second question. And that is, how is spending more time with my friends already in the church going to help grow the church? Because isn't it outreach that helps grow the church And this is a yes, but answer, because the answer is yes, outreach does help grow the church, but you can do just as much good being with people inside the church uh, for a couple reasons. One reason is because there is strength in numbers. If our goal is to grow the kingdom of God, that is something that is easier to do with three or four people rather than just doing it by yourself. You know, and that's whenever, uh, while I went to Panama City Beach earlier this year, back in March, there was a student Christian group, either from University of Michigan or Michigan State or something like that, and uh, they were sharing their faith in pairs or in groups of three because of that strength in numbers. And another reason why we can do good hanging out with our church crowd is because with all the things that are happening in the world today, it helps uh, some people to stay connected. You know, because some people aren't as strong as others in their faith, and maybe you're the one that's not as strong in your faith, and need to be around other faithfully strong Christians to help them grow. 
Now the third question that we can talk about for a little bit is will this make us look like an exclusive group of people? Because in general, I feel like the media already portrays Christians to be an exclusive group of people. You know, society believes that we have uh, so many rules and if you don't follow these rules, you can't be a part of a group, okay? But I don't think that's at all what Jesus intended for the church. The church is intended to be based on grace and mercy. And those are two things that we're granted as long as we're trying to live our lives for Him. So the answer to the question, will hanging out with our church group make us seem like an exclusive exclusive group of people, pardon me, and be answered only by us? And we have two possible answers. With the way the media portrays us, you know, we can just kind of accept it and act like we are, or we can show them together that we are not by inviting the people that we encounter as we go in the world to come into what we know as the church. Alright guys, so that about wraps it up. Hopefully something that I said this morning uh, is something that will stick with you as you go throughout the day, throughout your week. I don't know, but hopefully we can learn from the early church and incorporate their principles in our lives. So three things we can learn from the early church in this episode. The early church was extremely generous, very accepting of each other's generosity, and they were growing together. Alright guys, this is Jacob Netterville. Thank you again for listening. Hope everything was fantastic. Hopefully you were able to learn something from this episode. Um, But again, I'm just really looking forward to having your ears with us next time. And remember, it's not just a message from Jacob Netterville, but it's a message from God's Word. I actually try and keep these episodes kind of short and hopefully relatable because I think that's what will attract the biggest audience and that's what I'm here for. So if you enjoyed it, uh, kind of share it with your friends, share it with your family, and spread the love around as much as you can. Look forward to seeing you next time. We'll be right back.